first of the 10th, 1998, talk, The Divas. The talk is really about the Divas and their relationship to the human kingdom. All Aboriginal peoples, the Australian Aboriginals, the American Indians, the shamans of the various um, tribes, the Eskimos, you can go on and the African people and so forth, they all see these little people. And of course we get the term little people from from the green continent, the green island, we call Ireland, and the mythology there, the leprechauns and so forth. We, you know, our mythologies, our fairy tales abound with stories of of um, the clairvoyance that people have had, especially those people that live in the country, that have seen these entities. And those of you that have taken sort of the odd sort of hallucinogenic um, can also talk to these people, can also see them. Many people have seen them, especially when you're young and then your parents sort of say, oh no, you're not seeing this, this is your imagination, sort of, you know, stop that. And they sort of trample all over your developing clairvoyance and they turn you into a what is called normal person with with dull eyes and uh, no inner vision. So I'm asking all of you that are parents-to-be to actually allow your children to, to awaken their vision to see these things naturally without destroying their creative ability, without destroying their, their visioning, to actually um, cherish this gift in children and help develop Teach them to be very, very sensitively attuned to nature and her kingdoms. Teach them to actually love nature to see these fairies and to work with them, to play with them. Exceedingly joyous, any of you that have had to work with divas, any of you that actually work with divas, they joy itself. They always do whatever is asked of them to do with, with a smile. There's no such thing as, as no in their language, in their uh, system of, of evolution. That's the human kingdom. So, what are divas? What is the human kingdom? I've mentioned that they are a parallel stream of evolution. I'll try to speak a little bit slower. A parallel stream of evolution means that the human kingdom and the angelic kingdom evolve together. The human kingdom is masculine in its qualities. Whether you have a female body or a male body, your souls are masculine. The angelic kingdom is feminine in nature. And the female of the species here bear the divic quality of giving birth, of forming the divine child. The angelic kingdom create all that is in nature, all that is that is formed, as I've mentioned before. They are the great mother. They are active intelligence. It's their intelligence that creates all diversity, diversity seen in nature, from the smallest atom right through to the greatest galaxy. It is all wrought out of the womb of divas and manipulated by their mind structure. And that is feminine. It is the way women, what women truly are, in their forms, in their way of evolution, to give birth and to create the multidiversity that you see all around. The human kingdom 
is inherently love, though you don't see it here amongst human, humanity today, because they take some of the intelligent aspect of the Deva kingdom and manipulate it or utilize it with will for selfish desire. But their way of evolution is love. Inherently, they are evolving intelligence. And they're trying to fuse intelligence with love um, to produce wisdom. The Deva kingdom are inherently intelligence. And they evolve love and fuse it with intelligence again to make wisdom. Wisdom is the key thing for all. The human kingdom, when we're talking about love, I'm not talking about your forms. The forms that you have, from our point of view, is not really human. It's diva. Uh, what I'm talking about is your souls, that which causes your incarnations from life to life. That is the human. And that is inherently love. That is what, what uh, manipulates your forms from life to life, and it doesn't care whether you um, have a life of suffering or whether you have a life of absolute wealth as long as you gain the experiences you need to make of it totally enlightened and that you cleanse the karma you have with the material devic world. The human kingdom is consciousness, consciousness itself, and we evolve the will. The will is the masculine portion that manipulates devic lives to do its bidding. And thus we can produce the chaos in this world, we can produce the evil, we can produce the selfishness, we can produce the destruction, we can tear down the trees, we can wipe out the planet. Because we have the will to do so. The feminine diva kingdom are responsive and automatically respond to that will that we project. The divas are totally complementary. We see colour and hear sound. They see sound and hear colour. We can go on in this pamphlet here also that I have, uh, some of you can collect on divas. Um, there are many differences. Man is demonstrating the aspects of divinity and the divas the attributes. That which is shown externally and that which is seen internally. Man is evolving the inner vision and must learn to see. The divas are learning the inner hearing and must learn to hear. Both are yet imperfect, and imperfect world is the result. Man is evolving by means of contact and experience. He expands. The divas evolve by means of lessening of contact. Limitation is the law for them. Now, just think of it. We expand in consciousness. It's our consciousness that expands. And our consciousness, as we unfold the law of love, expands to encompass the entire universe. Knowledge of the universe. Wherever we expand in consciousness, we learn. We gain in evolution. The divas are the substance of all around. And when that substance is not formed, it's amorphous. It simply is everywhere. And they contract this substance into points of power, into very intense energy fields. The... Uh, greater the diva, the greater the, when you're getting to the cherubims and the seraphim and the archangels and the achoi and these other types of names, um, you're talking about very, very contracted and very intense energy fields, which is intelligent substance. All divas are mind. From the little 
fairies and pixies and brownies all the way up. They all have mind. And you can talk to any of them clairvoyantly. They're units of mind, substance. And their intelligence is limited by their sphere of contact with the world around them. The fairies paint the flowers in the trees in our gardens. They embody those flowers. They are the flowers. When you pick a flower, you kill a fairy. As simple as that. We don't really like picking flowers much, except if it sort of helps in the beautification of the entire tree and the entire flower bush. They are its life. They help its evolution. Evolution evolves, or such a thing as evolution, and science have pointed out how evolution has, has, has uh, progressed. We've gone from, from, from single-celled entities um, through amphibians and fishes and, and so forth, going through reptiles to, to animals and mammals and from mammals to ape men and so forth to what we are now. We're going to divinity itself. We're going to God. That whole evolution happens simply because it's the intelligence of the Diva Kingdom that causes it to be, that governs the entire process. It is not Darwinian theory, uh, natural selection that does it, because all natural selection is intelligence. Intelligent mind working through and making sure that it happens in accordance with a greater plan, the plan that's in the mind of God. It's all governed by the law of love. If it was not intelligent, and one astronomer likened the, the whole process of the universe expanding as simply a thought form, in other words, just simply the laws, obeying the laws of mind. And if any of you actually understand those laws of mind, you'll find again that this universe is expanding according to the laws of the way intelligence unfolds. Nothing, not genetics, no form could exist without the unifying, coherent force intelligent force of the divas of the angelic kingdom making it happen that way giving those forms that shape and experimenting and experimenting and re-experimenting and experimenting and re-experimenting until the perfect forms are evolved the forms that they wish to see whether it's in the frog kingdom or in the plant kingdom or in the animal kingdom or in the human kingdom those forms continuously evolve and adapt to higher and higher conditionings. As a matter of fact, Darwinian theory of natural selection and survival of the fittest just simply does not work. It cannot explain the way the eye has evolved. It's impossible. If you read some of the modern books by modern biologists, um, they can't explain that. They can't explain the, the length of a giraffe's neck by that. Or symbiotic interrelationships. What symbiotic interrelationship where an animal and a plant, for instance, um, need each other for survival. Does the six-inch um, proboscis of a certain butterfly, did that evolve before the six-inch stem of that one type of flower it's got to actually feed on? Which evolved first? The butterfly with its big, long mouth going for, say, six inches, or that flower with its six-inch long stem? One needs the other for survival. And we can go on and on and on, looking for example after example after example in nature, showing that um, one is impossible without the other. And the law of uh, Darwinian law just does not explain any of that to the slightest. 
That's the old adage, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And we could go into many things of this nature, but what I'm trying to point out, it's the divas and the intelligent diva life that has caused all this to come into being. The miracle of the human eye, or of any eye for that matter. Um, the length of a giraffe's neck. Has any of you ever thought as, as what it takes to actually have to bend down and drink water of a neck that big? And why a neck that big has to evolve in the first place? It's got the same number of bones as your neck. Another way of looking at the diva kingdom, they are the parallel feminine stream of evolution, but they also, if we look at it in terms of the human body, the parasympathetic nervous system. What's the parasympathetic nervous system? Well, that's the, the nerves and the muscles in your body that walk, work automatically, regardless of the way you think. For instance, your heart beats 72 pulses per minute on the average. You don't have to tell your heart to beat 72 times every minute. It simply does it. Likewise, of many of the other functions in your body, the, the, the periods, the monthly periods of a woman, it happens regularly for most women every 28 days. You don't have to tell your body to do so every 28 days. Most women would not want to anyway. They'd sort of regard it, forget about it. Some of them I know if it's painful. The process of breathing. This is all parasympathetic nervous system. It happens automatically. And this is the function of the diva kingdom in all of nature. It's automatic. It governs all the cycles of life, all the seasons. The human kingdom can be likened to the sympathetic nervous system related to your spinal column and the three portions of your brain. And here you actually have to think to do something. You can move your hand and touch somebody with this particular response. This is will in action. You have to will your hand to go from here to there, to pick up some water, to drink it. The parasympathetic nervous system tells you that you're thirsty or that you're hungry. You get the hunger pains. But then your hand and you have to will your legs and will your hand to actually desire to, eat, to get the food and put it into your mouth. You can see quite clearly that within the human body you need both types of motions. You don't want to have to be sitting there day in and day out, sort of, and minute in and minute out, sort of making sure that you're breathing uh, regularly and that your heart pulse is beating regularly and, and all of these other things that you take for granted. And at the same time, you need to do all these conscious actions that relates to you becoming an intelligent human being and functioning on the physical plane. Otherwise, you'll sit in the hospital most of the time sort of with people changing your diapers and, uh, and looking after you because um, you're not human. It's the human portion of you that um, makes you act us, to make you get food, to make you sort of think in terms of sex and sex response, to make you uh, do all the things that gives you intelligence because that is what you are evolving. And likewise in nature, nature, all of nature, needs these two streams of evolution. One, the parasympathetic, and the other, the sympathetic, in order to evolve. This is yin-yang. 
And through love, through sex, from a higher perspective, is not the relationship between male and female on this physical plane, but the relationship between the human and the diva kingdom. We just mimic that into relationship in our a physical plane into relationship. The way of evolution for the human kingdom and the way of evolution for the diva kingdom is to marry. Actually, it's for us to go through a betrothing process and uh, court each other, then to marry and then to fuse. And when we have fused, the human and the diva, the two have become one in every sense of the term, then the whole purpose of evolution is finished and we go off into cosmic space as neither human nor diva. In our terminology we call it the Kohan, the divine being of meditation substance. And those moments of fusion between the diva complement and the human complement, what in Christianity calls the guardian angel, those moments of fusion is the great ecstasy of the yogi. When the yogi is sitting in a cave or whatever and, and is blissfully unaware of the world around them and this thing called psychic heat is coming out of him or her um, and they have some quite blissful experiences, it's because of this union with the diva compliments, this form of sex. This is the true tantra. Ultimately, the union happens externally as well as internally. We use here the old adage when we come to understand the Deva Kingdom as everything else, man is built in the image of God. In the image of God, man is built from the book of Genesis. That which is within is also without, as above, so below, from the Delphic Oracle. And therefore, when we explore the universe, when we explore all that is around us, we look at these laws. And science has given us a wonderful tool in modern physiology. As I said, the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system to try to understand the relationship between the two kingdoms. Another way of looking at it is the way of functioning of the blood system and the glandular system, which is the human, and the mind and the nervous system and the substance of the body, which is the, the diva. So, everything that is what you thought you as you is turning out to be diva. Wonderful thought, is it not? When we make love, we exchange divic substance. When we are angry with each other, we exchange divic substance. We give each other each other's divas of a certain type. When you're actually on the path to evolution or the path to enlightenment, you have to work with these divas consciously. You see the grey or the brown streams of divas coming out of you, the murky colourings and so forth. Later on you have to cleanse them. They attack beings of, of great purity. All forms of magic, white or black, concerns divic substance and working with them. Because if you're going to make something appear in the middle of the room, you actually have to work with the law. Laws of knowing what the divas are. Mantras is the command of divas. The sound commands them, builds them into shape. And when you are therefore working upon yourself, spiritually speaking, 
you have to learn what the devas do. When you're tampering with such things as Kundalini fire, as many systems teach you out there, um, concentrate on this or that chakra, what you're doing is you're liberating fiery devas in your body. Can you control those fiery devas? Or are you going to have death by burning? Will your body be consumed, or an aspect of your body be consumed by these uncontrolled devic drives that run maniacally through your body, through your nadi system, make you insane, give you much psychic disease or physiological disease, burn out an organ in your body? Because that's what they all do. Spontaneous human combustion is an example of this um, brought out to its ultimate effect. Simply devic lives running right in the individual concerned who has no ability to control that energy. We have death by drowning, occultly speaking, where the devic lives run right in the emotional body. The person becomes intensely emotionally erratic and can't control the emotions in any way. There's a lovely um, Walt Disney film to do with this. Um, the Nutcracker Suite uh, with Mickey Mouse, sort of as a sorcerer's apprentice, um, sort of um, reading one of the great books of, of his master there when the master was away and learning to control the devic lives, but they all go crazy and there's water everywhere. Uh, and he's busy, this little sort of Mickey Mouse is busy trying to sort of stop these watery devas from, from running right all over the place. And this is death by drowning when all those watery divas just run right. The waters are the emotions. Therefore, when it comes to magic, white or black, there's the fools who play around and dabble with psychic powers. And they're the master magicians who do not. They obey some certain rules. And that rules... Um, concerns the learning how to master these divas in the body. Generally, it's done through strict yoga. In the olden times, it necessitated much fasting and, and solitude. Now there's different ways of achieving these results. All substance is made of diva, is divic. You can see the masses of, um, and when you actually see clairvoyantly when people are emotional and instead of seeing the colors, I've talked to you about the aura in a former talk, um, you'll actually see them as devic lives swirling out, little little sort of um, watery or fiery elementals, normally not always watery because people are emotional, um, streaming out little smiles and they sort of jump into somebody else. Uh, but that those divas that come out of your body and jump into somebody else's body, if you're angry at them or emotional to them, they are karmic, they are your body, your essence, your substance. And they will come back to you with the same force that they came out of you. And when they do so, you experience the same effect that they manifested in another person. And that effect is karma. And it doesn't matter whether you use thought energy or emotional energy or physical energy, it is simply the sending out of you certain types of devic lives that must come back to balance the energy equation in the universe. Because ultimately all is evolving into 
harmonious interrelationship. Chaos or chaotic uh, interrelationship only happens with human emotions and human minds stirring it up. Nowhere else in the universe does this exist. Even atomic lives um, obey all the laws of physics. It's interesting when you actually begin to look at evolution from a devic perspective, then you'll see that the substance in your bodies, the, the cells that you have, the atomic substance, well, it's the same substance that you've had five lives ago or ten lives ago, or taken from the same substance reservoir, because it is karmically linked to you and it evolves with you. From this we get the concept, as in Christianity, called the guardian angel. The diva, that is your body of manifestation, that controls all the little divic lives in your body, of your mind and your emotions. And it's the sum total of all of them. And it evolves with you, looking after you. Well, after all, looking after itself, which is the devic life that you've taken from the environment in general and make sure that the sum total of those divas evolve in accordance with the law of evolution. Later on, as a great yogi, as a great enlightened being to be, for instance, as a Buddha, you're going to marry that devic substance, merge with it, fuse with it in consciousness, the two becoming one, because you are now having sex with it completely. The wonderful concept, is it not? We can extend the whole analogy or the whole sort of concept to the way deity, gods, manifest on, on the inner realms, the way solar systems come into being, the way earth spheres such as this one come into being, and the purpose for their existence simply the result of, of sex of this nature on a far higher scale than what you know about. All obey the same laws. Man aims at control. The divas must develop by being controlled. So we learn to, through, um, to develop love by learning how to control and manipulate all around us. Isn't this wonderful concept? So we control and manipulate all around us and we produce such a miserable society, a civilization as we're in. Selfishness dominant everywhere. Human greed, human lust. Hmm. But this produces karma, karma of pain, of sickness and disease, of losing the things that we hang on to over and over and over again. We get killed, we get tortured, we get raped because of the fact that we're learning how to love properly this way. The divas learn by being controlled because they inherently mind. And by learning how to be controlled, they develop love properly this way. We learn to control and to control, we have to draw out of ourselves our inherent love. They, our inherent mind, and therefore, to develop the love properly, they allow us humans 
to control them, suffer the iniquities, and eventually their whole substance is worked out in such a way that they also evolve love. When the two have love together, then we have union. It's all based on love, this whole universe. Two complements seeking each other out to fuse perfectly. Now, this gives you a different perspective, does it not, as to what you are. From one perspective, if we want to look from the point of view of yoga, the human kingdom embodies the flowers, the chakras, or the heart of the chakras, and the diva kingdom embodies the substance of the petals, the substance of the body itself, the form. We are the inherent consciousness again, and they are the ever-adapting, evolving form. From this also we get, therefore, the kingdoms of nature, the five kingdoms we can call, the mineral kingdom, the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, the human kingdom, and divinity. But also what I'm referring here to are the five alchemical elements, water, fire, earth, air, ether. And... When we're talking about alchemy, we're talking on the manifestation or the getting of the philosopher's stone, uh, the transmutative gold, or the gold that allows um, you to transmute all base substance into the elixir of life and mortality and so forth. These elements are divic. These elements are divic substance. When you are an alchemist, you're just working with divas the divas of the air, the divas of the waters, the divas of mineral kingdom, the divas of fire, and so forth. The divas of fire on the whole are called salamanders. And when you light a match, immediately um, you animate or springs to life the salamanders. And if you see them clairvoyantly, you see these little forms dancing in that fire. The salamanders are universal. They're everywhere. They come into activity wherever um, a method exists for them to appear objectively. Everything can be burnt. This building we live in can be burnt. One atomic explosion can do that for it. It's quite simple. I'm just trying to give you an ex examples of some of the names of the divas that are generally given. Elves, for instance, are little elemental lives. In English, the term is amorphous. They are amorphous forms. They have no real shape. The substance is everywhere, which is elf substance. And every now and then you get the appearance of this elf form. And then it sinks back into the general whirlpool of the consciousness of the substance of which they are. And so they'll have the long ears and the pointed hats that um, people have um, seen them as and then they go back into their form because they're only little units of consciousness in the Deva Kingdom. They're very, very young indeed. They have not yet individualized. What do I mean by individualized? Well, we humans have an individual soul. We have intelligence. We are different from the animal kingdom in that the animal kingdom have group souls. We have individual souls. 
and our destiny is controlled by our souls. For an animal kingdom, for instance, cows, a herd of cows, their group soul means that they have no individual karma and their experiences are shared by all the animals of that soul, of that particular group. You see a whole group of fish suddenly move together in the waters. You'll see bees playing out the same role, uh, ants on the march, that's the group soul, all working together with the same type of consciousness. They know um, not individuals as such, they collectively work out the purpose of the group. And the group consciousness behind the animals, behind those bees, behind those fish, behind those cows, is diva. The divas are group souls. And they govern all of, human, all of nature in accordance to the group soul. All the leaves of a tree, every leaf is a little diva, a little fairy type entity. And collectively you have the dryad, to use the Greek philosophy, embodying the entire tree one larger diva that looks as all the little beavers and the fairies in the tree as its children, because they are children indeed to it. They're aspects of itself, yet to grow to what it is. And they look after them just the same as a mother looks after its, her children, with loving care and attention. As we evolve out of the animal kingdom, and when we evolve out of the animal kingdom, we call it individualization, from group soul, for instance, a herd of cows or whatever, or whole little kittens. Um, as we get closer to the human kingdom, the, the group soul becomes smaller and smaller until the whole litter is just one um, group soul. Whereas when it comes to fish, it could be thousands if not millions of fish all being that one group soul. And eventually the animal um, is ready to become human and it waits um, for other animals to take that, that point where it's evolved to and eventually as a whole group on a planet such as the Earth um, we have the formation of uh, a human kingdom. The story of Adam and Eve and expulsion from the Garden of Eden is the story. But as for the Diva Kingdom it is similar. They also have involutionary um, states of consciousness and then they have um, certain steps of initiation into higher diva states until you get self-conscious divic units. Self-conscious divic units that are comparable to our self-consciousness. And these are not the little fairies, but we get the angels, the archangels, the seraphim, the cherubim, the Achoi, and all these other greater beings. The In Buddhism, you get such concepts as Tara and Dakinis, beings that actually instruct great Buddhist masters, such as even the Buddha, and give them teachings. Highly evolved beings, far greater in intelligence than humans, even enlightened humans. So what I'm sort of getting to is that there's the little ones that are still evolving full self-consciousness such as the fairies and the pixies and the water sprites and the undines. They're beautiful. You see the undines, these little watery divas, and I've mentioned before the five elements, and so we classify the divas according to the elements. Generally we use a Sanskrit terms because the Sanskrit is a better way of explaining this kingdom than Christian or any other form. 
But I was talking about these little undines and that they're water spirits, water divas, and they just like the pictures you see in the, in the children's books. Little female forms, Jenny dressed in, in light purple lilac colour, for instance. They'll have wings and, and they're very, very, very gentle and sweet and quite shy. They work um, with the flowers and with bushes and things like that. They look after those things. And they have their gatherings like we have and they have their dances and their forms of rituals and they're presided over by, by larger divas, just simply um, larger feminine forms that are the size of humans or greater. And then above them we get a larger diva until eventually you get a diva, often masculine form, that would look after an entire landscape, for instance the city of Amsterdam, and every diva underneath is part of that, that pyramid. And if you want a lot of information about the diva kingdom, you go to such a landscape diva or to one of the greater ones. Um, I just ask what are normally masculine. Often they are when it comes to the human kingdom um, because we're masculine. Um, but when it comes to nature itself, you'll find that they're more often feminine. They have their own masculine and feminine forms within the general femininity. There are ways of the human kingdom entering into the diva. Certain great spiritual beings have gone the diva way. There are ways for the diva to enter into the human. For instance, uh, via the open door that the dolphins and the porpoises exhibit. There's a great uh, error in human thinking to think that animals such as dolphins and porpoises and even whales have greater consciousness than humans. They do not. They may have a bigger brain size. And they may have certain types of clairvoyance, such as sonar and all the rest of it. But they cannot ever have the types of powers and awarenesses of a Buddha or a Christ. That is within the possibilities of a human kingdom. But they can evolve into great angels later on. It's a mistake um, to look at the clairvoyance of animals such as dogs and cats and think that that type of clairvoyance is far greater than the clairvoyance that it can be obtained by an enlightened human being. It is not so. That is the way we've evolved millions upon millions of years ago. They have yet to evolve intelligence. So when you work with these divas, the fairies, for instance, and you talk to them, as you can if you develop your clairvoyance and enough love, then you are working with nature itself. And their main purpose is healing and protection. As I mentioned before, they come and all people are seriously healing and act as healers, work with them unconsciously for the most part. And a few can train themselves to work with them. Consciously. Black magicians, those on the left-hand path and the fourth, that are evil and intent, manipulate divas for their own purpose. They use this will that human beings have and force them to obey. They feed them black energies, grey energies. And these little beautiful 
fairies and things become very murky indeed, very painful prison that they put into. And those of you who manifest strong emotions, murky emotions, do the same thing with divas. You imprison them in very gross energy forms, gross shells. Which you must cleanse later on by giving those divas the opposite energy, the energy of love, the energy of kindness, and so forth. When those gross murky shells descend upon you in a later life, then you get sicknesses and diseases. Because your body, on the whole, is a little bit more cleansed. It's radiating or emanating a much higher energy. But those divas are yours. So when they come back, those streams cause a depression in that area of your body and you get your sickness. We can look at all forms, all diseases and sicknesses as simply the quality of the divic substance that is coming back to you, which you deserve from past lives or that you've created in this life. The whole world has manipulated, or people with their selfish motives have manipulated the divas of this planet so much that the Bible calls the Earth's aura the outer darkness. And Paul calls it the whole creation grown up into veil of pain together. Because that is what human beings have created. Pain and suffering for the masses of beings all around. So when you begin to have open eyes and you see these fairies and these pixies and things like that, understand that they have their problems with the human kingdom because the human kingdom attacks them, forces them into cages of terrible substance, terrible energies. And the human kingdom has to learn to cleanse the divas of this substance, learn to send bright energy into them to uplift their spirits to make them bright divas are pure joy I speak thus because I've worked much with divas most of my life as you've seen in my paintings and I've seen much of the pain that is caused to them by the human kingdom and it's time now, as this new age unfolds, that the human kingdom and the angelic kingdom have to begin to cooperate, have to begin to talk each other. And the angelic kingdom, especially those what we call the divas of the shadows, the divas of the Ephraic plain, the violet divas of the crescent moon, are preparing themselves to talk and cooperate consciously with human beings. For that reason, for instance, the Finhorn Garden was an experiment of such cooperation. I mentioned them at the beginning of this talk. But more so, we're looking for those that can be trained clairvoyantly to work with them, to work with them cooperatively. We of the white hierarchy, we work cooperatively with the divas. They are our sisters <laughs> from the esoteric point of view. And we must work with them as such, to cleanse this planet, this new age, so-called of brotherly love, or sisterly love, or brother and sisterly love, 
cannot manifest until human beings begin to work with the Deva Kingdom consciously to cleanse Devic substance consciously to make this whole earth sphere much more radiatory and bright to cleanse the astral hells to work as healers many of you look at crystals for instance and you thinking in terms of these little crystals quartz crystals and so forth as, as a force of healing and what you don't realize is that they of themselves have no power whatsoever you can apply a ruby crystal or a sapphire or whatever or quartz of a certain color and certain points and clarity onto your skin here and there and, and maybe say a few mantras and, but of that there is no power the only power in the crystal is the diva inside the brownie or the other elemental and you have to work with that diva you have to send it the energies and you have to visualize with it and when you can work with that diva, then it can send the healing potency to the respective part of your body that attunes to where that diva is at. The same really goes of all forms of healing potencies that are natural. For instance, herbs. What do you do when you take a herb for a certain effect? Mm. Say mint for chest complaints. You're taking a diva of a certain quality. The mint, for instance, is a lovely greenish diva really really light vibrant green and it helps to work out the whole chest or nasal passage with its type of energy when you begin to see these herbal potencies clairvoyantly you'll see them as different brownies or divas of different qualities you can either work directly with the diva concerned through your clairvoyant knowledge and talking to them consciously or you can work indirectly through a certain type of ignorance but with herbal law from people that have learned through trial and error the way these divas work on the body. What we want are people to learn more consciously how to work with them. It's more direct and far more effective. Mistakes are not produced. There are many ignorant healers doing far more harm to the human body um, through their lack of knowledge of divic substance than they do good when they try to heal. Energy simply goes at the line of least resistance. Wherever the weakest point in the body is, that's where the energy goes. So if you're going to heal with energies, you make the disease sicker or worse. You push energy into the weakest point. What type of energy are you putting into it? Is it very clean, vital, devic substance? Symphonic music, very, very bright music, or is it dull, divic substance that is your aura? That is your wishful thinking? That is your ignorance? When, therefore, we are trying to heal properly, heal effectively, we must know the law of karma and we must know the diva kingdom. Whether it is in the form of minerals, chemotherapy or biochemic salts, whether it's in the form of plants, such as your uh, Bach flower remedies. And Bach, for instance, those of you who have known of him, um, was an excellent form of healer of this nature. He started off as a Harley Street specialist, working in London, 
and a very expensive part of London for doctors, making a lot of money of lots of beautiful big instruments and all that stuff that most of you know about. And he said, surely there must be a simpler way of healing than this. And finally it led him, I think, to South Africa or whatever, and he found his flower remedies. He simply sort of took flowers and put them in a dish of water with the sunlight. And the way he discovered these healing remedies is that he got sick first. And when he got the sickness, then he was led by the Diva Kingdom to find the cure in the flowers that he put in the water and got the essences, the diva essence. And then people drank that diva essence and it healed them. What most people don't know, or they will know if they read the medical discoveries of Dr. Edward Bach, was that later on he didn't even need those flower remedies to heal. He simply did it over long distance. Divas direct. It's such a vast subject, this subject of divas. Because what we're really looking at when we're talking about divas, we're talking about the whole creation. Everything, all the laws that do with physics, all the laws that do with the way universes come into being, the way solar systems come into being, the way the human form comes into being, the way the mother produces a child, is the laws of divic interaction. Understand the divas, and you understand creation. Yes, so we have much love for them. And I'm hoping, as I said before, that all of you begin to work more consciously with them, more attuned to them, and don't just take them as fairy tales and myths. They're much more than that. There are points in the evolutionary journey, it's from page 112 of my book, when human and angelic streams touch, then merge and fuse their qualities, becoming as one, thus signifying the nature of the divine marriage in the heavens. This represents the consummation of one cycle of evolutionary attainment, before a new higher cycle has begun. The human kingdom is masculine, dominant in quality, or will, or will evolve thus, and the angelic feminine receptive. The human kingdom evolves by expansion of consciousness from a point, the ego or the I concept, to embrace the totality of a space, and the angelic, angelic by lessening the sphere of contact, a consolidation of resources and focusing of energies from the pervasive sphere to a point of intensified energy. We must learn to command substance by the use of the will. The divas must learn to acquiesce to the word. We see colour and hear sound. They see sound and hear colour. Each complements the qualities of the other's evolution. In mutual evolutionary embrace, or the yin-yang, intelligence is innate in the angelic kingdom. And this is because the mind of God permeates all space. And that mind of God is divic. Love in its esoteric sense is ours. Both must develop the other's qualities and steward wisdom. Wisdom produces the ordered merging and blending of all qualities and helps initiate one into the mysteries of being. The abundancy of life is far greater than has ever been imagined by the wider speculation of the average philosopher or science fiction writer. Yet its mysteries can be wrought 
by all willing to undertake the necessary journeying into consciousness itself. If we wish an insight into the nature of life and the relationship between God and humanity or other kingdoms of nature, the physiological key is virtually indispensable, which as I mentioned before. Back to the physiological key, back to the understanding of what the human body is and how it works, and the way it is in the body of God and how it works. We can truly say from one perspective that God is a woman, God is diva. A wonderful statement, is it not? Let us all worship this woman that is Mother Nature because within her womb we evolve and come to be strong. And if we are to become initiates, if we are to become gods ourselves, we must evolve out of that womb into cosmic space we are born as Buddhas. And the whole journey of evolution is the process of interrelating with divic substance until we are strong enough be born as a tiny child in that cosmos out there out of her womb it's a vast vast undertaking in a very very beautiful picture it's ridiculous for human beings to think that they are alone in this universe or that the only other type of life are other human beings or this physical plane as we see it because life is everywhere and as Jesus said to all of you many thousands of years ago or thousands of years ago, I come to bring you life and that more abundantly. Because that is what you see and that is what you grow into as you open your eyes into this multidimensional universe. Everywhere there is life. Everywhere there is ordered sentient being. There is not one speck in this universe that is not sentient. The atom of substance is divic, is sentient, is evolving, and is growing. Of course, it takes billions of years for it to become a human being such as you or I, but eventually it will. This is the basis behind all Aboriginal beliefs. They all treat Mother Nature with respect, whether it is Mother Earth that we walk on and take as our substance, or the trees and all the other spirits. And I'm hoping that this materialistic civilization begins to see their wisdom and their belief systems begins to open their eyes as they do and to begin to give all of nature its respect including the substance of which you're walking upon keep your feet planted on the ground and your head held high in the sky walk as one and love together